It's time for the No Huddle Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast, where we bring quick-hitting facts and stats to put you over the top in your Dynasty League. Now, over to your host, Dynasty Mark. Hello and welcome in to another episode of No Huddle Dynasty. I uh, hope you're all enjoying the festivities of week four. For those of you that are winning, congratulations. For those of you that are like me and just having a rough go this week, um, hang in there. Um, it's still early on. So uh, look, on today's episode, I just want to take a different tact and um, I want to focus in on one of the three... Uh, what do we call it? One of the three stages of a dynasty roster life cycle. Um, so those being, uh, just a quick refresher, it's rebuild, retool, and contending. So I feel like if you are contending, um, there's not a lot to this. It's it's just simply, you're just um, strengthening your roster, just making sure your depth is right, and honestly, just making sure your lineups uh, and your matchups um, uh, are sort of you, you're anchoring your roster and the, the best lineup possible to win your matchup. Um, retool again, that's more of probably an off-season thing. Rebuilding, however, um, it is not a, a quick process necessarily, depending on the amount of assets you've got. Um, so I, I'm going to make that the topic of today's show and just run through just a couple of different aspects to a rebuild and things to take into consideration because um, where I just said that you know, retool is more of an off-season thing. Rebuild, you can start anytime. And honestly, you're probably better off starting sooner rather than later. The longer you prolong it, um, typically your assets will change in value throughout the season. For those that have listened to um, more of my episodes where we talk about um, the value shift among the tiers, um, for, for players specifically, same thing happens with your draft picks. We know that the picks, depending on the news coming out, will sort of fluctuate. So um, so we'll go through that today, and hopefully that'll help give you a couple of ideas if you are in that phase of, of your dynasty life cycle. So, um, so the first thing that I think is the most important, regardless of situation, regardless of league, is understanding the league scoring. So whether you are... Uh, new to Dynasty, you're an expert, um, you know, you're, you're just dabbling and you you still um, have a lot of redraft uh, leagues happening. You have to understand the league scoring. It's the best way to win your league. If you don't take advantage of any scoring opportunities um, or additions in, in, in the league scoring um, per position, then you're really doing yourself a disservice re- regardless of um, what, what structure or how your league's set up. So that's probably the, the most important thing to always take away whenever you're either joining a new league or, um, you know, if you're uh, creating your own league even. Um, just make sure that you, you're across that. Um, so one thing that I like to do for all of my teams, and I've got, I think last count, I've got about 22 different leagues running. Um, if you don't utilize a, a platform that has a depth chart built into it, where it sort of separates your roster. I think NFL.com do it. I'm not sure that ESPN or Sleeper do it. Um, If they do, I haven't seen it, but happy to be wrong there. Um, Definitely build yourself a depth chart. It just helps see per position where your roster is. So, you know, like when when you're looking at your lineup as a whole, 
you know, it, it might, it's not for everyone. It's not, it's not a must do, but it, sometimes it might help you understand where your weaknesses are or where you're, you've got potentially too much capital and maybe you could move those four additional assets um, where you're underdone, where you need to focus your rebuild. So just understanding where each position sits in terms of physical players and overall strength, um, I think that's an important step. So um, it could be as simple as just pull up an Excel spreadsheet, type in the positions, type in the player names, and then just sit there and just look at that and just assess for yourself. Uh, and you'll you'll have a, a general feeling as to where these players are. Um, the next thing I, I think that is is quite important is set yourself a timeline for when you plan to be a contending team. Now, obviously, this is it's a it can be a completely arbitrary number. Um, you know, if you set a league up, to, I've I've had leagues where I've been non-competitive for four to five years. And then all of a sudden, I've just hit on a heap of drafts. Um, players that I've stashed away have started to come into value, and I'm starting to to perform better. Everybody's different, and it really depends on your ability to be able to scout the right talent and be in a position to get them, um, and I'll, as cheap as possible, um, which will mean that you can then stretch that value further and get more players um, and more value. So. Again, it, it sort of comes down to you, what you feel comfortable with. If you're looking at your roster and you think, okay, I'm going to have to rebuild this. You know, I, I've got an aging quarterback. I've got um, a running back one, and I've got a third stringer as my RB2. Um, I've got good first wide receiver, and I've got iffy wide receivers after that. Good tight end. Um, then, you know, you, you just have to work out how long it's going to take you to be able to to get the pieces that you'll need to be able to build that roster again. So um, with a rebuild, I, I always err on the side of caution and think allow for, for extra time. Um, every draft class is a little bit different. For example, the 2024 class um, will have some beast quarterbacks coming out, uh, which is fantastic if you need that position. Um, Marvin Harrison is gonna is gonna be an absolute weapon. So if you need a wide receiver, if you can get to the top of that of next year's draft, absolutely do it. And I, I honestly, I don't care where that guy goes; he is going to dominate. So, um, so that as a as a upcoming example, if you are in the rebuild and you need a wide receiver, he is one to go and get. Um, if you need to to sort of build your quarterback room a little bit. And you can get Caleb Williams, go and get him because he's not going to fail. He's he's Trevor Lawrence level um, as a prospect, uh, but probably his game is more, I, I would say, similar to, and I'm not saying they're the same, so don't hear what I'm not saying, but he's more similar to a Mahomes. So he can um, he, he can make plays out of nothing. Um, and definitely he's a little bit more mobile than Trevor, but... Um, anyway, we'll, we'll go through that in the offseason and do a good deep dive on him. But um, to frame that, um, set yourself a realistic target and don't put pressure on it. Um, an interesting one that I, I guess I've learned over time is you have to create dialogue within your league. If you are in a 12-team league and um, if it's a group of friends, typically it's, it's probably a bit easier to be able to talk to the other owners. Um, you might already have a relationship with them or a way of communicating with them, which is great. That's that's half the battle. If you have joined 
a, a random league. Um, and for those that listen to the Aussie Gridiron Network will know, obviously, we're based in Australia. Um, and we do play a lot of leagues with guys in America. Um, and in one league, we actually play with guys around the world. So um, it's important where um, you make the effort to try and open up dialogue with as many owners as you can. The issue, if you don't, is at most in a 12-team league, you've got 11 people that are potential trade partners. If you don't have relationships with, <clears throat> I'd say, at least half of them, then again, you're doing yourself a disservice. It's making your ability to be able to uh, manipulate your roster uh, much more difficult because if you say you've only got dialogue with three of them, that's three trade partners. So if they don't have pieces that are going to help you, then essentially you're stuck. Um, and I, I haven't seen an example where sending out blind trades has worked out well for anybody. Um, typically, you have to overpay uh, <clears throat> because we're, you know, from my experience, owners are, have never been more smart and have never been, I guess, more well-researched than what they are now. So um, there's so many uh, podcasts and articles and um, social media has made everything so much more accessible. Um, so, again, just to frame that again, um, create dialogue with as many people as you can. It just It's going to help you be able to, to do what you want to do with your roster. Um, one that I've sort of, I've done for a little while now is where we're practical, invest time watching college games. Now that's not to say that you see a player perform, um, at NCAA level and think, okay, they're going to absolutely hit. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is you get a tendency for how these players play in a certain scheme and that's what you want to transfer. You can also get a lot of this information um, in scouting notes, which uh, for those that listen to my preseason stuff um, around the rookies this year, uh, we actually get some pretty detailed notes um, uh, from a couple of different sources. So, uh, but I find it, it much more beneficial just to apply the eye test. You can see how these players perform. You can see what schemes they use. That way, when they get drafted, you, you've got an idea of okay. If they are a, um, if we're looking at running back and they have performed, say above average to excelled at a in a zone running scheme, and they go to more of a West Coast, it's not going to be as easy for them to transfer that or to a power run scheme. It's just it's not going to be their game. Um, same thing for for quarterbacks. If they're, you know, if they're sort of playing more if they're more of a mobile quarterback and then they're drafted by a team that that wants to you know air, wants to do more of an air raid again it's probably not going to work very well now we trust that teams do the scouting the right way um and they scout their scouting department actually get it right but you know i i, I don't know this i can't remember this exact stat but it's like one in five draft picks it might be worse than that um fail so you know like we we can only apply so much research into a into a prospect that we want to draft for our team um so where you can and where you've got the ability to watch some college games and get a sense of who these players are um again that's just going to make you uh a lot more educated on that um sort of touched on it just before but follow scouting reports so um throughout the year you'll see um 
you know, all the, these reporters um, and media personalities will start talking about, well, they're already talking about Caleb Williams, but Drake May, you, you, um, you know, Marvin Harrison Jr. You've got all these players that um, are going to start to get more and more hype. They're going to get talked out, talked about a lot more as teams, um, you know, we're in week four. So we are, what are we, a fifth of the way through the season roughly. So, um you know, in the next month or two, you'll start to see teams that just aren't competing and all the talk will be about, okay, what's this player going to do for this team? And you'll see, you know, there's mock drafts out there already, um, which, you know, they're good to look at and, and they're fun to look at. But um, most of these players, as we know from history, will tell us that um, mock drafts now, a lot of the players that are in there won't necessarily declare. So, <clears throat> um yeah, I, I think that just where you can, just start keeping an eye on these sort of things. Start following, um, you know, if you're not following Adam Schefter and um, all the big, big-time reporters, a lot of the college guys as well, make sure you just start following them now. That way when the news starts to come out, you see it straight away. Um, and that could be an edge over some of your league mates. I'm not saying they don't do it, but if you make sure you do it, then at least you know that you've got access to that information. Um, and... For my final one, it's it's probably the most important. Um, as I said off the top, a rebuild done properly can take anywhere from sort of two, three years uh, up to five or six years. There is no point doing it if you're not going to have fun with the process. So just remember what you're trying to achieve. Um, be patient. Um, set yourself little milestones along the way. Like if you want to um, tidy up one position, uh, in a certain period of time, make sure that's what you you look to do. Don't necessarily don't knock back opportunities um, to get great talent because of that though. Like you, you've still got to be aware of um, this is the old adage: you you draft for talent, trade for need. Um, I'm not a good trader, so I just make sure that I draft really well, um, and I make sure I, I'm in a position to draft the guys that I need to draft. So if you're like that. Just make sure you put the work in and make sure you have fun with the process because at the end of the day, like unless you are playing for money and that's your main driver, um, uh, all 22 of my leagues are free and I do it because I love it because it's 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 so much fun to build something and look and look at it and say, okay, well, I've, I've created this. It's winning. It's doing really well. Um, it's going to do well for another couple of years and then, you know, start it all over again. Um, so, look, that's, that's very, I, I guess, general just a couple of key topics for for a rebuilder um if you're already in that process um, i'd love to know how you're going so please um you know send me a message or or um, reach out to me on all social media i'm at no huddle dynasty on everything um i think all my links are on the link tree for the aussie nfl fantasy show um and as a contributor to the aussie gridiron network uh any anything you um any questions you have or any feedback please send it through i'm happy to address it on the show uh, but yeah, that's it for today. Um, thanks for checking this out. Um, I'll be back uh, later this week or early next week. Um, I've actually got my first ever guest, so I'm looking very forward to getting this episode out. Um, stay tuned because uh, it's a little, it's again, it's a different topic than necessarily dynasty rankings. Um, we'll get back to doing some of those in the coming weeks, but um, yeah, just a bit of a treat for the upcoming one. Um, thanks, guys, and I'll speak to you again soon.